Welcome back to the farm. I'm Karen Gould of Produce with a Purpose. I'm here with Bex Francis, our lovely and talented producer. I mean, not here because, you know, coronavirus can't be here. But um, pulling the strings in the background like the Wizard of Oz, right? So we are live here, um, which means anything could happen. Um, dogs and cats could run through. I could set something on fire. We could go viral for all the wrong reasons. But also it means that you can, um, you can comment if you're watching us on Facebook or ask questions as we're doing things. And we'll try to get to those as quick as we can. But we like to have a nice and interactive here. So um, another thing you could mention in the comments if you're feeling interactive is uh, how you found us because a lot of wonderful organizations have been um, helping us spread the word Wellness Within, uh, the Health Education Council, uh, Triumph, the Firefighters Cancer Foundation, lovely people that we love to work with. And so if you're joining us because they shared the word with you, thank you both. So our topic for today is proteins, plant-based proteins and how you, um, how you can use them, uh, how they benefit you, what you need them for. They're kind of important. They're among those macronutrients. Um, macro as in a big deal, but um, also macronutrients are the ones you have to get from food that we don't just make ourselves, and they got big particles, again, the big thing. So um, we're going to take a look at that. I'm never going to tell you that you have to be a vegan or you have to be a vegetarian, anything like that. How much you want to get into adding um, plant-based food to your diet is up to you. You can go all the way like crispy cancer, or you can just, um, you know, up your game a little bit. But last year, a study um, was published in the Journal of American Medicine um, that said that those um, demographics, those groups of people who eat mainly plant protein had a much better longevity rate than those who are mostly eating um, animal proteins. And then they went on to say that swapping out as much as 3% of your protein from animal over to plant-based protein could actually increase your odds of longevity by 10%. That's not even a meatless Monday. Oh, you can totally do this. So, um, yeah, it covered really all causes. So it gave you a better shot for beating heart disease, um, you know, stroke, diabetes, all kinds of things, including cancer, which is the one we're kind of mostly concerned with here, right? So um, coming back to the cancer question and why it is important for folks um, looking at cancer is we want to make sure you are getting enough protein because what we don't want is to get into that wasting loop where you're uh, you're losing muscle mass and you're losing weight because uh, it's really hard to recover. And in fact, you know, the people who don't survive cancer, wasting is a really big contributor to that. So we want to make sure you're getting the kind of foods that are going to make you, um, you know, strong and resilient. And some of that's just getting a quantity of food into you, which means you have to like this stuff, right? I can't, you know, suggest to you that, oh, eat all this, this magical protein formula, but if it tastes like dirt and twigs, you know, it's, it's not going to help. Let's be honest. Willpower is nice, but 
I, yeah, it's not me. Anyway, the other thing is, um, everybody asks people who are going vegetarian or going plant-based or, or, you know, shifting that way, uh, how are you going to get your protein? Aren't you going to die from a lack of protein? I was like, okay, the only people who really die of a lack of protein actually die of a lack of food. When you see people in these, you know, horrifying famine uh, conditions in National Geographic and stuff like that, they're not even getting close to their minimum amount of calories. They're not only not getting enough protein, they're not getting enough carbs, they're not getting enough fats, they're just not getting enough food. So it's, you know, most of us actually get too much protein and the World Health Organization, their recommended daily um, allowance of protein is considerably lower than the USDA. So um, let's, uh, we're going to look at uh, all these important things about protein and then we're going to work on a little dish here. It is a one pan meal. It will be ready for dinner when you're done here if you're cooking along. It's stupid easy, madly tasty, and super healthy. Stupidly, oh my gosh, I can't even say my own thing. Stupid easy, madly tasty, and secretly healthy. And we're focusing on a lot of um, familiar flavors because trying to get your family on board, right? If it's going to taste all, you know, granola-y and how if it tastes healthy, they just were, they're going to go out for pizza and leave you hanging. So you don't want to do. You don't want to eat by yourself while everybody eats pizza, and you also don't want to have to make two dishes to keep everybody happy. And when it's one pan, we can definitely cut down on your washing up afterward. And we're only lighting up one burner in the house because it's summer and nobody really wants to have a bunch of burners going and the oven and then a pile of dishes. Really, right? So we're going to keep this lovely and simple for you. So let's take a quick look at our knowledge about protein. So quick reminder, what is protein and what does it do? It's, it's really the building block for many, many things going on in your body, right? It's in every cell in your body and it's in every living, living thing. So that's why plants aren't without protein. If you're eating plants, you have not completely skipped protein. Protein builds and repairs tissues. Um, it's the main component of hair and nails, and it's the building block for certain enzymes that, oh, we could do a whole class on enzymes, but they have a whole bunch of really active functions in your body that are important. The body doesn't really store a lot of protein the way it does um, fat or carbohydrates, so we do need to be kind of keeping it, keeping it rolling in. So then how much do we actually need? Because am I going to have to eat like 10 tons of vegetables in order to get the same amount of protein that's in a burger? Well, not really, no. So um, the servings of protein per foods, and there's a bunch of different ways to calculate out what you really need. And this is a personalized thing, right? It depends on your age, your activity, your weight, um, your gender, the whole thing. So. Women and kids, are they recommend two daily servings for a total of about five ounces, uh, unless you're really active or a teen, and then bump it to six. Men should have um, three servings of seven ounces total, right? Not 21 ounces, right? Separate, okay. 
Um, or you can calculate that it can be about 10% of your daily calories. Um, you can also calculate by your weight and your uh, the recommended uh, amount of number of grams that you should have. You should adjust that a little bit with cancer to bump it up a tiny bit. But the way to um, figure this out for yourself, you can go to this lovely calculator. It's at www.calculator.net. Um, and it's got this lovely protein calculator. You put in your weight, your gender, all the details, and it tells you how much really you should be eating. So get the right number for yourself. And then if you're going through cancer, nudge it up just a tiny bit. What happens to us if we don't get enough? Well, in extreme cases, you'll see things like edema. Kwashiorkor is that, that malnutrition thing where you're getting that bulging belly. Uh, but those are kind of, you know, extreme National Geographic kind of cases. Regular suboptimal amounts will give you a bit of weakness and fatigue, some muscle loss, perhaps wasting. Your injuries will heal slower. Skin, hair, and nail problems will happen, and it kind of can weaken your bones. So um, the benefits, on the other hand, when you, when you try to go to a really high-protein diet, and I always, you know, whatever they say on the calculator, you want to hit kind of the low end of that. The benefits of the high-protein diets that some folks are trying for weight loss the idea is that when you've taken the carbs and the fats out of the picture, you will then have nothing left to burn but protein for energy, right? So that reduces your body weight. It also makes you feel really full so and for a long time, so you won't be, you know, snacking in between. But the trick is that that's effective for about six months and then your body levels out and you're, you're not gonna be losing more weight. And I am not proposing losing weight for cosmetic reasons, but um, a lot of excess weight is connected to inflammation and other issues that can connect back to both heart disease and cancer and diabetes. The risk that goes with a high protein diet uh, is that you're out of balance really, right? So you are at risk for osteoporosis because you're pushing out calcium because it's your body's trying to correct for the acidity caused by the excess protein. Animal proteins often go with high fat and uh, cholesterol and a bunch of other stuff. You know, you have the uh, antibiotics that are put into uh, certain meats, you have, um, you know, nitrates and things like that that can go with. There's a number of things that are just not pretty um, that may go with a lot of protein. So keeping it down to a small amount, awesome quality is a better bet than quantity. Uh, if you're having a full plate of protein and you're pushing out everything else, you may be missing the healthy carbs and fiber and vitamins, because there aren't really a lot of those vitamins and antioxidants. They're just not in meats. They're in your plants, right? Your body produces ammonia, 
when it breaks down protein and the folks doing really high carb diets, I don't think they've fully assessed how that affects you. Um, dieters along with the high carb or the high animal protein diet can be getting too much salt and not enough calcium, potassium or magnesium. And that's when your edemas and uh, other problems from electrolyte imbalance can really give you a hard time. You also can be risking heart disease, colorectal cancer, type two diabetes, all that from increased meat intake. And of course the whole thing can just add to your fatigue. So what about amino acids? Because we've heard that uh, you have to combine all the amino acids, et cetera, et cetera. Well, actually, uh, amino acids, what they do is build muscle, they cause different chemical reactions in the body that you need to happen. Um, they transport nutrients, they prevent illness, uh, they carry out a whole bunch of other functions. Deficiency can, you know, contribute to a reduced immune system, digestive problems, depression, fertility issues, lower mental alertness, slow growth in children, and many other things. So yes, we want to get a broad variety of amino acids, right? Nine out of 20 have to be completely acquired from food. We do recycle a lot of amino acids, and we'll get to this in just a second. Um, our body can kind of keep the amino acids going on its own for quite a while, but nine of them need to be gotten from food. But there's this myth about, oh, you have to get these complementary, perfect amino acid balance combination thing going on, which has kind of been debunked. Um, you don't have to balance them out at every single meal. And again, what I think happens is you try so hard to have this perfect nutritional balance in your dish, and that takes so much work that the whole flavor and the looks of it can get kind of shoved to the side. Um, and then you just don't want to eat it. If it doesn't taste good, you're just not going to eat it. Let's be honest. You can have all the knowledge and the willpower in the world, but if it tastes terrible, yeah, you know, who wants to? So, um, so Dr. Greger has written that it turns out our body's not stupid. It maintains pools of free amino acids that can be used to do all the complementing for us. So we don't really store the protein, but the separate amino acids are hanging around waiting to be used. So not to mention the massive protein recycling program our body has. Some 90 grams of protein is dumped into the digestive tract every day from our own body to get broken back down and reassemble. So our body can mix and match amino acids to whatever proportions we need and whatever we eat. A big variety of whole foods. Once again, that's the solution. And getting enough food, the right amount for yourself, is the key. And that is where flavor is gonna be important. So if your appetite is compromised by medication or illness, and you just need to get enough good tasting stuff that you can get down, that's important, right? So we need to balance this out. We need to be realistic, but also a little bit ambitious about our nutrition within reason, right? Okay, so let's go over here and do a little bit of cooking while we're chatting here. 
So the first thing we're going to do, I've got this on, um, I've got this on medium heat, and the first thing we're going to do in order to get our our grains to have more flavor and to open up that flavor for us, we're going to toast them just a little bit. We're going to give them some heat here, and we're going to give them a little shake, get them nice and toasty. Right? We're going to bring out that nice nutty flavor. So you've got your your ingredients in front of you, right? Let me know if you have questions as we're going along. I'm going to try and flip between screens here. Just uh, so that's just getting a little bit of heat to bring out that nutty flavor. Meanwhile, I'm going to get my broth over here. Try not to splash on everything. That's just um, getting prepared. All right, we're gonna give that a shake. All right, we've got this, gonna give it a little shake so everything's getting a little toasted and browned and getting that heat going before we put any liquid in. And you got that going at your house? I hope it's working for you there. All right, we are just going to, we've got our broth now, we've got our four cups of broth. And we're going to, wait, sorry, I'm skipping a step. I wanna get in my cumin powder. We're gonna get just a little bit of this. I love what cumin does with food. Uh, on its own, it tastes like body odor. But don't, don't let that dissuade you. Right, we're just going to get that in there with our grains and flavor them up a little bit, get them nice and warm. Okay, just going to keep those like so. And then we're going to add the veggie stock. We've got our four cups of veggie stock going in here. We're going to bring that up to a boil. Hopefully real quick. I'm gonna grab a spoon. Almost forgot. All right, we're gonna stir this. Bring it up to a boil. This tiny little burner, I don't know how fast it's gonna bring things to a boil, but. Okay. So. Right. Gonna get that going. Okay. So hopefully that'll get hot pretty quick. Gonna put it up high. Alright, while we're waiting for that, let's go back to our um let's go back to here. And let's talk about some different high plant, high protein plant foods that uh, we can integrate in our diet to make sure that we're getting plenty of protein. So garbanzos are lovely, although I've had um, people say, oh my God, what is, 
What is there in the world besides garbanzos? It's in everything, right? So they're lovely. But by the way, have you ever tried them green? So you can get them in the husk and you just put them on the griddle and toast them a little bit till they're, you know, nice and hot all the way through. And then it's like eating edamame or peanuts. It's just snacky, snacky. Lentils are wonderful. Um, they go into any soup or pilaf. Uh, whenever it's raining, my mind just goes to making a big, big lentil stew with everything in it, potatoes and carrots and greens, and just dump it all in there. Green peas themselves, perfectly awesome, 8.2 grams, so add those into things. Um, they can be in your minestrone. Again, they can be in a risotto. Kidney beans, we're going to have that making a, a really good, um, let's get to medium here. Um, kidney beans, of course, necessary for your chili. Black beans, a black bean soup is very lovely. Um, throw them in your salad. They're going to go right in here. Soybeans. Um, I want, we've talked about soybeans once in a while and whether they have any risks for cancer. So I would say, because, well, particularly for uh, breast cancer, we have talked about whether the phytoestrogens uh, can make things worse in terms of breast cancer. First, I think you'd have to eat a lot. And most of us are not eating soy several times a day, right? So uh, the other thing is when you get uh, organic soybeans as opposed to whatever else is out there, I think most of the GMO soybeans are being used for animal feed and not for humans. Um, so just get the nice tofu, but make sure it's, it's non-GMO and preferably organic. But look how high that protein level is. I mean, that's really pretty worthwhile, right? Peanuts are great. And again, some of these things are just easy enough to snack on, right? So they don't have to be a full meal. You don't have to get over full. You can just have a little dish of these on the side and just snack. Fresh fava beans are lovely all, you know, cannibalism jokes aside. and um, But they are terrific in a spring risotto with some asparagus. Really delicious. So all of these are loaded with fiber, B vitamins, minerals, and iron. So it's super helpful, right? So cooking tips, just to make this a little bit easier, definitely soak them. You know, be so much better for your digestion. So soak them overnight rather than cooking for a long time at high heat so we keep our nutrients as well. If you're using them pre-cooked, use organic and low sodium. And rinse them off anyway. You just always want to rinse your beans, get a little more of that sodium out of there. Um, if you have a hard time digesting beans because you don't eat them frequently enough to have a good set of enzymes in there for breaking down, your, your beans, you can use an herb called epazote. It's a Mexican herb. It's like beano that grows on a plant. So you just put one or two leaves in a pot. Any more than that is too, too, too strong a flavor. But just a couple of beans in an entire, or a couple of leaves in, an, in a pot of beans makes everything so much more digestible. Now I want to take a minute about eggs because they do have a, a 
good amount of protein in them and vitamin D and omega-3 fatty acids and B vitamins and choline. However, they're not actually plants. I always suggest that you buy pastured eggs because they, the chick, what, the different labels on eggs are a little bit confusing. So cage-free just doesn't mean, it doesn't mean they're out and about having a chicken life that's delightful, right? They can still be in a warehouse, just chock-a-block one on top of the other. They get their beaks trimmed so they don't kill each other. I mean, it's really an ugly, ugly scene and it doesn't seem very hygienic. Um, free range only means that they go out for a little bit every day but pastured means they're outside, fresh air, soil under their feet, they can be catching bugs, um, doing chicken stuff, and they're not so overcrowded that they're gonna be passing diseases or needing to take a lot of medication to avoid those diseases. So um, maybe we eat a few less eggs in the week, but better quality, right? The B, I should mention too, the B12 is one thing that's very, very hard to get from plant sources. It doesn't just um, happen quite as easily as all that, right? So unlike protein, this is a thing nobody ever asks about. Like, where are you gonna get your B12? Aren't you gonna die without B12? No, people don't ask that question. But that is the one thing that's actually really important and, and you know that you get as a person who's eating plants. Um, the B vitamins, collectively, they're really, really important for your nervous system. So just um, keep an eye on that one. Here are some more plant-based foods that have a lot of protein. Um, these are whole grains, and they can be prepared all kinds of ways. Most of these can just turn into a pilaf, that, like what we're making just now. Um, kamut is a, what do I wanna say? It's a really, really old, old, old variety of wheat that isn't grown or processed exactly the same way. And I used to, when I had a, a couple of parrots, I used to get them kamut puffs. So it was like a breakfast cereal, but it didn't have any added sugar or salt or anything, colors or prizes in the box or anything goofy. It was just a straight puffed whole grain. And they loved it. It's like puffed wheat, but it's got a whole lot better um, juju going on there. Teff is another one that's a really ancient green grain. Um, whole wheat pasta, I think it's come a long way. All of the alternative pastas have improved since when I became a vegetarian because mostly they tasted like cardboard back then. Wild rice is great stuff. Put in a big soup with mushrooms. Fabulous. Millet uh, is really good. Couscous is delicious. Oatmeal, um, buckwheat, cornmeal's lovely. Um, you can make a really nice cornbread without adding sugar. Just use honey to sweeten it if, if that's what you're into. And um, buckwheat, you can find it in soba, Japanese soba. Some of it is like 99% white wheat and then a tiny little bit of buckwheat. Try and get the stuff that's actually made of buckwheat, buckwheat. Here are some more. Spelt, amaranth. There's really good bread made out of spelt. It's really nutty and delicious. Amaranth, um, oat bran, soba noodles, as I said, bulgur, brown rice, white rice. Even white rice is not bad. Um, pearl barley, 
So we talk about brown rice and, uh, and white rice. Everybody's always, you know, oh, you got to get the, the brown rice. Da, da, da. I, I have never been a fan myself. And then it's turned out that the outside, the hull there that you're keeping when you eat the brown rice has actually been absorbing arsenic out of the water. Don't love the arsenic thing. That's not really a health food. So, uh, and, and my, um, my aunt asked me one time, she's Japanese, and she said, oh, I bet you don't like the, the white rice because, you know, it's, it's not considered a health food. And you know, she's Japanese, so white rice is everything, right? And, and I said, you know, you know, there are a lot of people who live in, in rice-eating countries where they most, you know, rice with every meal and a ton of veggies and a lot of fish. And um, all those people, their demographic tends to live to be 100 and something. You can see the China study talks about this. It's a, it's a really interesting book. So like, I'm, I'm not gonna argue with people who live to be 100 about whether their rice is correct or not. You know, I'm going to assume perhaps they know something and maybe prepare it the way that they prepare it. And I don't know, but I do get it organic because, you know, it's absorbent, it absorbs things. So um, there are also just plain vegetables that are quite good uh, in terms of getting plenty of protein. And so you can see how you can combine a bunch of things, you know, a little bit of a grain to make a pilaf and throw in some lovely vegetables. And actually you've got a big variety of amino acids and, uh, and uh, just a nice, collectively a nice amount of protein with flavor, right? So your Brussels sprouts are pretty great with um, 5.64 grams per cup. Yellow sweet corn, I know everybody says, oh, corn's so bad for you, but the white stuff, honestly, is just sugar water. It's really been bred to be very sugary and have very little fiber and doesn't have all that much taste, let's be honest. I know you covered it in butter, now it tastes like something, but Yellow corn has a, a bit more to offer in terms of um, protein. Potatoes have a good amount, asparagus, broccoli. You can see how you could put all these things together, right? Wouldn't that be lovely? Avocados are great. It's unusual that fruit has um, a whole lot of protein in it. We don't think of it as a source of protein, but uh, avocados got a good amount. Guava, jackfruit. I suspect, honestly, with the guava, it's because there's no way to avoid swallowing some of those seeds. But anyway, jackfruit, people have been making meat substitutes out of jackfruit lately. Kiwi uh, and blackberries. So that's just an excuse to eat stuff you already like, right? Okay, nuts and seeds. We kind of already knew this one, but let's confirm the, the lovely news that we have about these being good for us, because again, sometimes if you're not feeling like, uh, sorry, I'm just stirring here a little bit. Um, if you're not really feeling like, you know, a full meal or you'd like to get through the day doing a little bit at a time to make sure that you're not just, um, you know, feeling nauseous or, uh, you know, just that rejection. So, so having some nuts and seeds on hand where you could just, you know, grab a little handful as you go, probably a pretty good idea. 
Um, pistachios, they're lovely, 5.97 grams per ounce. That's very nice. Almonds, just about as high. Chia seeds and pumpkin seeds. Pumpkin seeds have that extra bit of zinc in there, which is lovely for your, your immune system as well. And you can put those into a whole grain thing. For example, if you wanted to stuff a pepper with, um, with couscous and then put in maybe some pistachios and spices, some pepper and onion, some uh, tomato and onion and maybe a little bit of greens in with the couscous, put it into a pepper or stuff a pumpkin with all that. Yum. And very easy, really. This isn't rocket science. I'm, you're more than capable of handling it. So if you're going to try to um, put together a, a plant protein menu for yourself, does anybody have any favorites that they'd like to, to comment on? Any favorite recipes or anything like that? We're certainly open to hearing from you, which is why we keep it live and uh, we'd love for you to be cooking along. Also, how are your grains doing? Are they getting to this point now where you're uh, they're looking cooked and looking edible because we don't want you eating something that's just going to be a crunchy mess. All right, we're doing this okay? Going right back. We just want to get it to where it's going to absorb the water completely, right? So it's going to be fluffy. So just checking in with you. want to make sure you're doing okay. So let's say you're trying to make a high-protein daily menu for yourself. What can you have at breakfast? Well, of course, you know, smoothies are great, and they have all kinds of protein mixes that you can put in. But if you use something like almond milk, banana, throw in maybe some seeds and nuts or some unsweetened, uh, unsweetened peanut butter, throw that in your blender and a little bit of fruit, good to go. If you made yourself a lovely white bean salad, so those cute little, those cute little ones and a bunch of vegetables and a nice vinaigrette on it, just let it sit for a little bit. And then you can just pick it up. You know, you don't have to rush through it. It's just easy peasy. And then dinner, perhaps uh, a bit of a stir fry with some tofu, which has, you know, 12 grams, served over buckwheat noodles right, or rice, that would work out great. And you can put all kinds of different sauces over a basic um, stir fry. There's plum sauce, there's, you know, Thai peanut sauce. You can use just a little bit of, um, uh, you know, the chili pepper, sesame oil, that spices things up just a little bit. You can, gosh, there's so many different sauces you could put in with the veggies just to let them simmer down. You can make yourself a curry the same way. Just, you know, get your spices in with the, um, with the veggies. Now, one thing I wanna point out is that much as I like them and much as they get me to eat um, healthy vegetable foods, quite a lot of the substitute cheeses have zero protein. Well, that doesn't seem right. And, uh, and even the almond-based yogurt is only a few grams. So as I say, if they're gonna pull you forward to eating all the good things that you really should, 
then great. But they're not really a huge, huge source of protein for us. Got it? So we're just going to get one more stir and we're almost there with this. All right? It's starting to look good. It's going to be fluffy pretty soon. All right? All right, any minute now. All right, let's try one more menu here. You could very well take uh, some of that unsweetened. For example, you see in the bulk section, when we get back to real life and we have bulk sections again, you definitely can get that freshly ground peanut butter. Um, but do check the back of the jar on some because some of them have a lot of sugar in there for no good reason. So anyway, solid peanut butter, the good stuff, on two slices of whole grain bread, there's 15 grams. Easy peasy, right? For lunch, make yourself a veggie omelet, right? Whatever favorite bunch of little veggies you like inside, just fold them right in there. Good to go, 19 grams. And dinner, make yourself a big old vegan lasagna with uh, lentil or whole wheat pasta and a whole bunch of veggies, whatever you like in between, and that good old marinara on top. And then go ahead and put that fake cheese on there. You know, it's not gonna hurt anything, but if it's gonna make you go, hey, real lasagna that my family will actually eat too, then put that fake cheese on there. Don't get the kind that's all rubbery, plasticky, you know? Actually, double check on the back, on the back label and, and just make sure that it's made of actual food things, right? Some, you know, some of the cheeses are, they get the taste right, but not the texture. Some get the texture, but not the taste. And some are just made out of such weird stuff that I, I don't even know. So take a little read on the background to know what's, what's going on with your fake cheeses. Gonna give this one more stir. We are getting there. We are getting there. It's looking like it. It's almost fluffy. We're just keeping it stirring so it doesn't, you know, all stick together and get into a big nasty mess. Okay. So one thing I want to mention that the, the high, high, high protein, those ketogenic diets that have kind of ruled out everything but protein, you know, if they are not done under a doctor's supervision, I do know somebody who had very good results fighting cancer with a high protein diet like this. I, I worry about it because of the wasting situation. So the, the, the thing that you want a ketogenic diet to do is to burn, right? To burn off stuff when it doesn't, when you don't have the, the fats and carbs to rely on, it's gonna burn other things. Um, the idea is that a ketogenic diet selectively starves tumors of sugars by making the body use alternative forms of energy, right? Which makes sense. The liver then produces ketones and fatty acids, which feed normal cells, but not cancer cells. This makes sense, but again, and, and you know, you can use plenty of plant proteins in there as well. But if you're just doing an all animal protein uh, thing, and I just, just don't, do it without your doctor, without your dietitian or nutrition, you know, really closely supervising you here because the loss of, uh, the loss of muscle and weight and energy, 
right? If you, if you go too extreme, it's thought to be the direct cause of 20 to 30% of cancer deaths. We do not want that to happen. The whole point of eating well is that you survive the whole thing and the tumors aren't getting what they want, the rest of your body is. So that logic makes sense. Just I urge you to be really, really careful about it. Compare, for example, intermittent fasting as opposed to a high animal protein diet. And also discuss with your dietitian if you could go high protein, but have it be plant-based proteins. So work it out with your dietitian. I'm not a doctor, I'm not your doctor. I don't know all your details. So um, we definitely don't want you starting down a road. Protein is important, but um, in, a, in a lovely balanced way with everything else that you should be doing. Okay, so we are good right here. I'm gonna put this aside for a second. I'm just gonna store it over here, out of sight. Be right back with this. Making a little bit of a mess, but that's okay. It doesn't matter if you're messy. I should reiterate as I sometimes do. It doesn't matter if you're messy, if things are perfect, if they're, I don't know, exactly the way the, the book says or exactly the way people expect. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. You'll be fine. I'm gonna lower the heat a little bit, and grab my olive oil. Okay. So I'm grabbing my olive oil here and a good bit of it. And so we are going to throw in our garlic and our, whoop, let's get all the garlic in there. Because garlic, mmm. We want to get our scallions in here. Our peppers. Get these going on a nice saute. I'm going to throw in a little bit of my homegrown and dried oregano, just a bit in here. That flavor going. You can also add in a little bit of cilantro because all that is going to go great with the cumin flavor. So I'm going to get these guys going. And add in our lovely zucchini. So as you can see, we're getting a wide variety of color in here because we want it, we really want it to be um, just calling to your senses with fragrant smells and bright colors because Right now, your, your senses may be kind of wonky and your appetite may be kind of wonky, but uh, we're gonna do what we can to get these be, you know, get it all working. If it doesn't, uh, if it doesn't grab you by the nose, it should grab you by the, by the eyes, right? And then somewhere in your brain, your brain's going, yes, that's the stuff that I need. You know, you should definitely, I know you don't feel great, but you should definitely get this. 
right, okay, we're gonna get our corn in here to cook a little bit too, nice and fresh and yellow. All right, we're gonna get that all going in there. Give everything a little salt and pepper. Not too much, just healthy amount. Just a tiny bit. The nice thing about black pepper, I mean, it's an odd thing, right? But um, you ever wonder why we put it in everything? So it has this unusual property where lots of, uh, lots of phytonutrients become more bioavailable when they get in your body along with black pepper. So how's that? So, so far we've got whole grains coming along and our beautiful corn here. Then we've got all the, the vitamin A that's gonna come out of those peppers. And I put in, you can see a tiny bit, so there's the green pepper, but I also snuck in a little bit of chili pepper. And I know some folks are having uh, you know, issues with their mouth or issues with their taste being um, altered. And sometimes like chili pepper is not, um, is not just what you want at this particular moment. So that is entirely up to you. You really have to make it workable for yourself. If you have any questions for me, uh, if you have any um, ideas about adapting things, for example, I mean, folks have asked me, oh, can I do this to it? And I was like, honey, when you go home, you can do whatever you want. As long as you get good food into yourself, then I'm happy my work is done here, you know? I did my job. Just so long as you're getting lots of color, lots of variety, get it as farm fresh as you possibly can. I'm gonna get our tomatoes in here now, add a little juice to the situation. All right, look at all that beautiful color. I'm using some heirloom tomatoes, just because they taste so good. Look at all this summery goodness here, huh? I wish you could smell it. I hope you're smelling it in your house. I hope you're, you're right along with me. Is everything coming along okay? I hope that fragrance is getting to you and all your veggies are just getting nice and cooked. And... Right, look at those beautiful colors. And two things on here as well, oregano has um, antiseptic properties. So you can use oregano oil, for example, on wounds, uh, and it's used quite a lot for uh, ear infections. You soak it in olive oil, uh, sometimes with a little bit of garlic, and you've made your own eardrops. Cilantro, aside from several other uh, wonderful properties that it has, Cilantro has the ability to absorb heavy metals. So I've seen folks in Mexico when they were feeling great, you know, and they're just feeling like things aren't quite kosher, just go ahead and eat this right off the stem. It's also got a ton of vitamin C, I think some vitamin A as well. So, you know, it's gonna help you stave off a cold. And it's just like, so many things going for it. A little overachiever, huh? 
All right, so there's that. And everything's just getting to the point where it's cooked. How are you doing? Everything good on your end? Everything coming along? How's that look? Okay, so next we're going to add in our lovely, beautiful black beans. Gorgeous. And I could go on and on about all the wonderful properties in beans, but I think I just did a little earlier. So there's that. The really dark beans can also have some of those anthocyanins in there that are tumor inhibitors, so not knocking that at all. And really dry beans are, I think, you know, underrated. They used to have a reputation of being poor people's food or something, but they're so rich and so filling and delicious and they go with everything. So try out some different ones you haven't tried before. I grow one called uh, Jackson Wonder Beans. And, and they're just buttery and delicious little lima bean types. They're, they're pretty when they're dry. They're kind of purple and brown. And they grow very, very easily here in your garden. And, you know, I wouldn't want to dry, try and grow little tiny black beans or something like that. Because, honestly, like trying to shell them and, and clean them and all that stuff is just a lot of work. I'm happy to pay somebody else to do it. But with the Jackson Wonder Beans, when their pod gets uh, dry enough, it splits on its own and it just pops the beans out, which is just great. So I don't have to do all that work. I'd rather not, you know? They just pop themselves open and then I just have to sort the big old pod from the, the multiple seeds that are at the bottom and I'm good to go. So, just checking in with you. Everything okay? All right, let me add in the, the grain now. Still nice and fluffy. So I've got this all nice and cooked. And we're just gonna toss this till everything's all, all the flavors and all the veggies and all that are, are nicely mixed. I'm gonna overshot my pan a little bit. No worries. And if you're making a mess doing this, who cares? Really, it's going to be beautiful when it gets on the plate. You don't have to be perfect. Remember, in cooking especially, perfect is the enemy of greatness. If you're too worried about doing everything exactly perfectly, you'll just not do anything. You know, you'll be exhausted just thinking of it. Nobody wants that noise. I want you to feel like, hey, I can do this. I can do something for my own health. I can do something that makes me happy. That gives me a lot of flavor and joy. Right? I want to be a little bit realistic about, you know, how much energy we have in a day. Right? So if you're stressing about making everything perfect, honestly, you're not going to be, not going to be super happy. And you may just put it off and take some frozen thing out of the freezer and nuke it. Right? Because you know, between the stress and the appointments and the whatnot, you know, and the just everyday stress, because you probably read the newspaper and that's stressful. So we don't want that. We want something very, very easy that we can do. So then we're just going to tear up a little more cilantro for the top. Just kind of garnish a little bit. Oh, this is my, my stuff here. 
So we've got Tex-Mex flavors the whole family can get behind. No big arguments from people. One of the best compliments I, I used to get in live classes was, even my husband will eat this. And yeah, sometimes they're, they're harder to sell than the kids, honestly. And then we're going to finish all this off with a little bit of that yummy cheese that we like. Just a little bit over the top. And voila, your dinner's ready. You can put some more chopped tomatoes on top, do whatever you like, but this is dinner. We are all set. You just serve it into a yummy bowl, and it's hearty, and it's so full of goodness and familiar, but vibrant flavors, right? Stupid easy, madly tasty, secretly healthy. That is what we are after. Y'all hungry? You ready to eat? Alrighty, so dinner is ready. And unless anybody has some questions for me here at the end, I want to thank you all for joining us. Uh, so much better when you're with us here. Um, we will be here every other Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, and we'll be here live. And also you can catch us uh, on YouTube. For anybody who doesn't do Facebook, you can tell them that uh, they can find us over on YouTube. Um, the episodes will be on Facebook and YouTube after we're done. And also the sound will be on Podbean, on our site on Podbean. Um, the podcast also goes out to Spotify and a whole bunch of places. So just look for Produce with a Purpose on any of your podcast stations. Um, oh yes, repeat the recipe. Yes, we can. I speak for, I speak for, <laughs> there we go. There we go, Beck's got it. You can also find the recipe uh, in our newsletter. And uh, when we post this as an event, we always put the recipe up there as well. So lots of places where you can find these. The other place where you can find all my recipes, first go to producewithapurpose.net. And then from there, you can go to our thinkific.com. Um, I like to call it a resource pantry. Uh, so we've got recipes there. We've got lessons. We've got recommendations. We've got essays. We've got words of wisdom. A whole bunch of stuff for you to draw from so that you can keep yourself going on your quest to be eating as healthy as possible. Um, so that is a site to go to for, for more information. You can find out about the farm. Uh, you can find a link where you can support us. Um, and, oh, importantly, you can sign up for the newsletter so that you never miss a session with us. Make sure you're on uh, the mailing list there in the newsletter. You will also get the recipe ahead of the class, but um, some news on healthy food and cancer issues. You will always have a list of what's in season right now so that you, you know, you know to get things fresh instead of imported from the opposite end of the world. Um, what else is on there? There's always a couple of resource links. Um, yeah, and some notes from the farm just to let you know what's going on out here. So definitely check us out at producewithapurpose.net. And um, yeah, that's... That's all we have for you this time. 
Uh, you can always get a hold of us through the website or through Facebook uh, if you have any questions at all that I can help you with. So until two weeks from today, I hope you stay well and eat well. And thank you again for joining us.